Hey guys, just uh, Brian here, just uh, checking in before the show starts. Just going to give you my song of the week, followed by the episode of the week, which is actually featuring my good friend Nick Willie, Nick Willem, Big Nick. You know, he's he's a great dude. We talk about a lot of his awesome hobbies, a lot of kind of, uh, we talk about the punk scene, we talk about, we talk a lot of stuff. It's a, it's a really fun episode, and I'm happy he was able to do it kind of on short notice, and he's, he's a really cool dude. As you know, he's been on the podcast a whole bunch of times, so... Hope you do enjoy the show and, you know, and keep coming back because we, we're, I'm going to try having a couple more guests maybe uh, end the season after I get maybe 10 of these conversations in. But I don't know. It's kind of up in the air still. Uh, hopefully I could have people back in the studio very soon. Uh, we talk about it in New York uh, at, at the time of the recording. New York is kind of progressing in a very good way. But we want to, you know, fingers crossed and just keep going at it. You know, not put the cart before the horse, as they always say. So this song of the week, actually, I was listening to it when I was doing my laundry, and it was such a nice day out, and it kind of hit at the right time. Uh, I'm a big Bruce Springsteen fan. I've got seen him a whole bunch of times, uh, I think maybe like four or five times, and every time he, when he plays a song, it, it's uh, it, it's great because it's about kind of like a anticipation and patience of the song, and there's a great video of when he performed the... Uh, performed this i think in, in in madison square garden in like early 2000s like right after 9 11 and it's just he just kind of plays the crowd and it's perfect and the song's 10th avenue freeze out it's one of my personal favorites and i hope you enjoy it so here it is 10th avenue freeze out by bruce springsteen it's actually the live in 1975 so you can hear how the crowd reacts it's, it's kind of fun. it's fucking awesome so uh, enjoy
And once again, we're back. It's the middle of the week. So as you know, that means you are obligated to download and listen to possibly the best or worst interviewish podcast out in the game. It's your boy, Brian, of the Movie Man Podcast. And joining me this week is my good friend, the anime man of Movie Mayhem. The one, the, one, the only. He, know, he, he calls himself Lil Nick Willie. I call him Big Nick Wilhelm. Nick, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing good on this beautiful Thursday afternoon. Uh, I, I do like being called big. I think it's the first time it's ever happened in my life. Well, we were just talking. We were talking a little while ago that you uh, you like to be. Uh, you're, you're now into the big heft. You're 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 putting on the mass. You're putting on the muscles. Yes, I. Yeah, like I started working out. Uh, not like religiously, I would say, but more seriously. Mm-hmm. Like not my, not Matt Taylor levels, but. Uh, Maybe like three or four notches below that. Now, uh, maybe like two, oh. for like two or three years now. So right. Yeah. Did you uh, did you start like working out a little bit more, like a little bit heavier now? Because you you also compete in like uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, or is it just more of like I like doing this, yeah. like I just want to get healthy. Yeah. Like, um, not I mean like he- being healthy is cool, but uh, you know, thumbs up. <laughs> but I really like uh, I like to be feel strong. And especially for jujitsu, where I'm a stocky man, and in my weight division, there's more lanky fellows. I like, I just want to be stronger than them. Like just when to I, overpower them. them yeah, like when I grab somebody, I want to feel how strong they are. And like, when you grab somebody, when you're grappling them, you can tell how much, like they really have for you within okay. like first ten seconds. Like uh, during my competition, I grabbed. I grabbed the other kid, like we started uh, a collar and elbow tie-up, right. you know, professional wrestling. Uh, we grabbed each other that way, and I just felt him try to push me, and I'm like, he can't. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, yeah. It's like he's, try- he's trying to, like, get you off your center, but you're like, I'm, I'm planted. Like, I'm good. Yeah, like, I feel like a short little, uh, a mini fridge. You're like a tree stump. Then, um, yeah, exactly. I'm a tree stump. And he's trying to, he's trying to pull me out of the ground, and I'm like, dude, like, he's taller than me he's he was in pretty like athletic shape this kid right but uh i was just like i'm like no like one hand definitely feeds the other and i do it so i can be stronger unfortunately for me because i'm so compact and um i've actually lost weight since the pandemic so you know kudos goodbye to my gains (laughs) um i i gas out really quickly okay because i have some carrying too much weight oh so you gotta work on that cardio yeah, like I'm a sprinter. When it comes when it comes to my jujitsu matches, I'm like, I gotta get in and out like SEAL Team Six, and <laughs> that's it. Otherwise, I otherwise I gas out and I start looking around for like water and fucking air and maybe a friend. You know, I'm just trying to get away. Just throw in the damn towel. <laughs> yeah, like, but I've uh, I've been fortunate that uh, in the competition that I did compete in, uh, the first match was like 45 seconds. Right. And I and I comored him and like everything that was like everything went perfectly to plan because I repped what I did like to completion okay you know what I mean like it, what I repped happened in the match and I was like this is awesome this is perfect so everything that you planned out beforehand was like executed and there was no like loose ends or anything yeah there was no loose ends like uh my goal was to try to head snap him a head snap that you get the collar and elbow tie up okay and then you you kind of grab a front face lock, and you snap him down to the ground so he's on his uh, belly like in a turtle position. Okay, and you're on top, and you're on. Yeah, then you're on top with the front face lock, and then uh, my plan was to try to get onto his back and then strangle him, but uh, he was doing really good defending that, so I tripped him over, and then we scrambled, which means you're fighting for position like really loosely. Okay. And then he, uh, then we got back up, and then I went to my game plan which was a body lock takedown in the half guard Kimura trap and then finish the Kimura, which as soon as I got it, I ripped it. I have it on video. I'll send it to you after this. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, it was like, it was picture perfect. Like how I envisioned it. The only thing that uh, I feel bad about is like, I almost ripped his arm off his body. Oh, jeez. I was so hyped up from like the adrenaline. Right. And everything. Like, I was super anxious beforehand. I think I listened to Natural Born Killers by Ice Cube like 200 times to get myself in a fucked up mindset. And <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I was like a rabid pit bull. I was, I was ready. 
know? just coming out frothing at the in the mouth just like let me out let me out <laughs> oh yeah like like me like before you go into the back the guys next to you so like naturally you're having a conversation they're right. like oh like you know blah 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 and he's he, and we're just shooting the shit but as soon as we got to the mat like i i did like the my eyes sink you know like i'm staring through right. your soul like i'm trying to be uh now as somebody who's actually competed against you in like in football definitely like a different world than uh jujitsu and everything uh i know you have a kind of a a taste for shit talk to say the least yeah um is this like, is it different I, now like you don't um, do I think I still, if it's football, I'll shit talk because I think that's part of the game. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's, I believe in psychological warfare. You, so, no, yeah, I know I you do. I could, <laughs> like, I think I, if I could get under your skin, like, I can lose one play. Like, if I get burned on one play, whatever, but if I'm getting under your skin the other 50 plays or whatever it is, then I think ultimately I've won. I've, yeah, I've seen, I've seen the best and I've seen the worst of that. And, uh, some of the one of the best uh, one-liners is uh, you called out one of our, our friends who couldn't get uh, who couldn't catch uh, who couldn't catch herpes in a whorehouse. Yeah, it was like I think I think it was, uh, you couldn't catch you couldn't catch AIDS in a brothel. Right. <laughs> like you really kind of like gave it to him, <laughs> like. But uh, yeah, no. That, I just, oh, sorry, I kind of stepped over you there. No, it's just like um, you know. Naturally, when I do stuff that's competitive, I put uh, I try to put all my effort into it. If especially because I want to win, right? I like to win. I don't under like I do not like losing. So it's like if that's why when we play football, you'll see me. I will run across the field if the my teammate gets hurt. Right. No. Yeah. To stop him. Yeah. Like I I don't think there should be such a thing as a an easy an easy thing. No, yeah, you, you're kind of full tilt, full time. So, and that's, you know, and that also kind of goes into like a, a competitive, like not just a competitive mindset, but also like a, a mind game uh, too, because you look at all the other players who maybe not, who maybe not given the full effort, they see you kind of burning at each end and they go, well, now he's just kind of owning me on the field and that takes him out a little bit more. Yeah, like, like, there's some guys I know I get under their skin. And, like, another thing I, I really try to be is, like, not um, – I'll put it in quotations – is tough. You right. know what I mean? Like, because I don't think you could teach that. Like, I'm sure you – you like, with my jujitsu training and mm. my partners, like, there's people that are a lot better than me. I am garbage. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not good. And there's people that are so much better than me in my gym. And um, the compliments I get the most is, you're strong. But the second one is you're tough, and I would like I don't think you could train that. I think that's something that you mentally have to have. Like um, when I grapple against, uh, there was a guy named Karate Mike, and he just he beating the tar out of me. He's a black belt. I'm right. not as good as him. He just beating me up, but he told me aside afterwards. He's like, you know what? You're like a really tough out. Like you get into it. Like I'm trying to get you a lot of things, but you don't you don't quit on yourself. And right. I was like, Thank you. I don't, I don't think that could be taught. You know no, I mean? there's definitely there's definitely a part in a person that, you know, it's it's like uh, the fight or flight uh, syndrome or uh, just you get punched in the mouth and it's like, what do you do? Do you, you know, stand up and go after it or do you, you know, kind of recollect yourself and, and leave? You know, and it seems that you kind of go after it more more times than not. Um, yeah, like I definitely try to. And obviously there's guys that I train with that are they're a lot better than me and I know that I'm just there to be a guinea pig for right. what they want to do and that's usually what it is when it's like a purple belt and higher for right now for me right it's like i'm just i'm just a human crash test dummy and my my job is to survive you know what i mean so you're like you're but like I, the you're like the rudy of the uh of the i guess the of the gym or the dojo whatever what do you, what do you call it the uh um, just the gym the gym like you yeah like you can call dojo or whatever but i, I just call it the gym it's um like you know I wouldn't even say I'm like the Rudy. I'm just like, I just don't want them. I don't want to be, a, a, it's called a lemon. It's okay. like somebody that's just like a pushover. Oh, okay. That's the term in the, in the, like I'm not a pushover. Like I might be bare, like almost a blue belt. Like I think I would have got the blue belt if I wasn't uh, stuck in my house 24 seven nowadays. So uh, what, but, uh, what belt are you at right now with, with everything kind of paused? I'm, 
Yeah, I I am a four-stripe white belt. I've been training for a year and a half consistently. I hurt my back when I first started training. And then when I went back, I almost tore something in my leg. Oh, Jesus. Which stopped me from going for a while. But I've been really consistent the past year. And uh, right before the pandemic, I, I'm pretty sure I was close. Because I hang with the blue belts. Okay. Like, I can, I, can, I can go move for move and, like, keep up with them. So I'm like, I think I'm at that level. But obviously that's up to my my teachers and my coaches and whatever. And right. I have to consistently beat people instead of uh, consistently stalemating them. Right. Consistently. You have to, uh, you have to turn it. Well until I lose. You have to turn that corner of like what, what was normally like a draw now into a victory. So it's just kind of like that next, yeah. that next level that you're maybe a close to reaching and probably, you know what, when everyone's allowed to go out and, and slap each other in the face a little bit, I think you'll probably hit that because you're itching to get out, but, you know, you're being smart about it. Yeah, like, the whole uh, the whole pandemic's been really tough on those those hobbies, like lifting and, and jiu-jitsu. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, it's opened the door back up for my other hobbies that I had when I was younger, like video games or... Uh, you know, we started playing D and D. Yeah. You, know, uh, you it was it's you, Parker, uh, Matt, and our our friend Vinny, who has yet to do the show. And Bobby. And Bobby. Bobby. Oh, yeah, that's right, Bobby. Uh, now you've never done D and D before. Is this kind of like a different world? Because I know like this was a brand new concept for you guys uh, before, like beforehand when Parker was talking about it. Like it kind of just came up, like oh, you know, it'd be fun. Yeah, like, Vinny was talking about getting people together for a long time. Like, he wanted he wanted a consistent group that wasn't playing uh, in his comic book store because he likes to be at home and doing it where it's confined energy instead of, like, pure chaos. Right. So he asked me if I knew anybody that would be interested. I said Bobby. And then I was like, I'm pretty sure Parker would be about it. I'm pretty sure Matt would be about it. You know? Right. So we got everybody... We got everybody together last September, and we started playing, and it's it's been pretty fun. Um, now, let's let, let me try let me try that to where does your competitiveness come out in D and D, or are you more like a, is it more of a cooperative kind of like us it's, together? It's, it's we're together. Like okay. even the DM, we're all together. And uh, right now I'm DMing because I could tell Vinny was a little burnt out from it. Okay. Vinny prefers to be a player. So the way I look at it as a player or a DM is that we are telling a cooperative story. And as the DM, you set the picture frame and the players and you paint the canvas together. Okay. You know? So it's a collaborative story between all, all four or five of you in this case. Now, as a, as a DM, because um, that's something like you, you kind of you set, you set the story, you kind of set the, the path. Is, are you finding it easy, kind of like a nice creative outlet for you or are you like kind of just like is it like is it a struggle you follow like any of the books or um i follow the books for rules and like the the books is more of like a guideline you know as, the, as uh, captain barbosa said the rules are more kind of like a guideline <laughs> uh it's like it definitely like i use it as a guideline i think creatively um because i've ingested so much nerd culture over the time like my ideas come uh, rapidly. Right. And uh, a lot of the time, like I was, I was talking to Matt, is like for characters or situations, I usually do like a bullet point system where I'll have the character, I'll have like where they are in the world now, I put bullet points for the personality, and then I'll put, okay, like now what's their backstory? Like what made them who they are today? Right. It's, it's, that, you're, what, you're yeah. opening up a, a world and you're just constantly going deeper and deeper and deeper and, you know that's something that like that interests me in like D and D because I I like that that whole idea of like world building of like storytelling and you know I may not like and I don't get the opportunity to do it because of my work schedule but like that like super interests me to kind of see like kind of I, I also want to see it like kind of happen first and then kind of get from there. Like I think because it would give you a taste of it and I think you'd be good at the role playing part of it because I think like you've also read so much superhero comic book stuff and stuff like that. I think you can make a compelling backstory for your character. Right. And I, I try to push it on my guys to have a compelling backstory because as a DM, it gives me like story hooks 
and it gives me opportunities to flavor the story that your character will be engaged. Like, if you come at me with, oh, my character just likes, he likes to drink and he likes to fuck, and I'm like, okay, like, how am I supposed to get you involved in the story with enemies and stuff like that if, like, what what don't you like? What dark secrets do you have? Like, why, why do you do this? Like, why do you go to behaviors that are extreme, yeah. you know? Yeah, I'm like, what's your moral code? Like, you know, you need, I need to know these things so I could put you in situations where these are, it's confronted. Right. You, yeah, you need, you, every arc begins somewhere and your arc can't just be, I'm a badass or I'm a, or I'm like a, the really coolest guy here. Like you have to have, like Han Solo had an arc, even though he was the coolest guy. He kind of had an arc at yeah. the end. Yeah. Like, um, my first character, Gunner, Gunner Whitewall, he was the, uh, the captain of a guard and his instead you know gandalf obviously the story of gandalf he yeah. had the firework show well instead of gandalf being cool in my story uh he was an asshole and he shot off the fireworks that actually casted a petrification spell to anybody that was looking at it so they would get frozen and he was one of the few like survivors of his town so he doesn't trust magic i spent i think six months like arguing with matt because Matt's character was a magic user who worshipped a a like a, a god of death. Okay. And my guy was like magic, like and my guy's like magic's bad. Like magic is too powerful. Right. Your character has a has an adverse reaction to so, like a a core belief yeah. of another character, which is instant. You know, it's conflict. It's it's interesting. Yeah. So me and Matt were like, but it has forever. And then one, like, slowly but surely, Gunner was coming around to him, like, you're not a bad guy. Like, it's it's not the sword that's bad, it's the person holding it. Right. And I could apply that to magic. And then we had a relapse episode where uh, where Matt's character, Ethan, got infected with uh, the werewolf disease. So then my character went back to, like, obviously you're too powerful. Like, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Right. And then, but by the time... But by the time the story ended, he befriends he, he befriends Matt's character, and promises to help him find his mother. Oh, that's because good. He's helped, like that's an arc. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and the thing is, like throughout the story, me and Matt had moments where it's like maybe if like they would Ethan and Gunner would be friends, but it was this one like the him being a magic user and Gunner's like paranoia was like that one wall like they would have moments where they would do stuff together and it worked out perfectly but it would always go back to like i can't trust you 100 percent. i just can't you know what i mean like no yeah exactly like that's 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 good character but that's good like that's deep that's that's like that's pretty that's pretty good so like we have that and um you know you can have characters that are like i'm the coolest guy around (laughs) I, i get i always get my man and it's just like, okay, like, I, that works in a Michael Bay film or something like that, but it's not going to work in, especially me as the DM, I'm trying to give a lot of opportunities for you to display your character and nuances, you know? Right, you're, you're uh, yeah, because it means you have nothing to, to work with. Like, even though they think they're cool, they think they're interesting, it's just, it's like, it's basically just paper thin. Yeah, like, this week, um... I did a segment where, essentially, uh, one of my villain characters, she she casted an illusion, and before she left the room, she said, this room is going to fill with poisonous gas, and then she casted a spell called Suggestion, and it worked on two of them. It worked on uh, Vinny's character and Andrew's character, and she told Andrew's character, like, you think that this person is, is bad, and you think she should be the one, he should be the one that should die in this scenario. And then I told Vinny's character the same thing, but with a different person. So now they're all infighting. Right. Like they infought for five minutes, and um, you know, the uh, illusion was—it obviously was just an illusion, so nobody died. But then it led to a great character piece for Matt and Andrew later in the session. Hmm. And like, it inspires me because I'm like. These guys are into their characters. Right. They were into what just happened. Like I wrote, so I wrote something. I came up with an idea that was good enough to lead for them to have this type of deep conversation as their characters, not as Matt and Andrew, right. but as Fang and Indra. 
Okay. You know? Like, yeah, you... That's you, important to me. Right. Um, now, for, like, any, like, any like people who, who may be outside of, like, the D&D world, who may not know it or may not, like, you know, be, like, kind of gung-ho about doing it, would you recommend people to do it? Like, it, 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 it does seem like you, you see a lot of, like... When the you have like the D and D uh, video uh, YouTube's and like the D and D podcast, it does seem like a very welcoming community. Uh, would you suggest to anybody who's like kind of hovering around the idea to like give it a go? Yeah, I would definitely say yes because like, um, as you know, like my interests are all over the place. Right. So I try a lot of things out, and um, so I would say yes. Like, I think you should give it a shot, and I would say the best way to do it would do like a do like a two week session, like a, a run, you know, two weeks in a row, three hour session. Uh, and you could play it and you could give it like a little test run. You could build a character, make a backstory, engage yourself, uh, play the game, see if you like it. And if you don't like it, you've only invested like six hours. Right. And then you can walk away. Like what's the, what's the harm in that? You know, that's one night of Netflix. No, yeah, you got it. You have the point. <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah, you know, speaking, speaking of Netflix, I always kind of ask like, uh, what's everyone been watching? We were talking a little bit about it before, uh, about stuff you kind of caught up with, but now that you have time and, you know, even though you are an essential worker, you, you do kind of have a little bit more free time at the end of the day. And a lot more free time. And I, and at first I enjoyed it, but now I'm starting to detest it. But, uh, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, what have I been watching? I've been watching My Hero Academia, which is an anime. It's a shonen anime, which means battle action. So same genre as Dragon Ball Z, right? essentially. And um, honestly, it's a really good show. It follows a lot of the tropes, but I think if you follow the tropes and you do all the tropes really well, then you're still going to have a great show. Right. So I think it's knocking it out of the park. Um, I've also recently started... Young Justice back up the next the third season on the DC Universe app, right? Which uh, is significantly darker than, and I'm talking like <laughs> if you remember season two of season two of Young Justice, the darkest thing of that was uh, Black Beetle grabbing Wonder Girl and slamming her against the wall <laughs> like fifty times in a row, and I was just sitting there like watching this. I'm like, are we sure we're in a kid show right now? He's brutalizing this woman. Like, like, I'm like, this is this is dark. And now you fast forward to uh, like three or four years later, or whatever it is, um, people are getting beheaded, and I'm like, oh, they must be so happy that they're off of TV and on the app. Now. Yeah, they're not doing this to sell toys. They're not doing it to do anything. They're just kind of just making a show to to have like a good story now. And, yeah, and honestly, like, um, my hope with the DC Universe app, and I hope they're making money off of it is that I can get a Teen Titans Season 6 out of this. I would fucking... I know all their, like, the creative staff behind the show have gone on to do bigger and better things and whatever, but if I could pull, like, three of them together, if I'm DC, I would totally try to do it. Well, I think the the success of the Teen Titans Go movie actually kind of re, like, revitalized the idea of a Teen Titans show. Because I know they... They brought them back to like do Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans, and then I think that was also very popular too. So, like, but I think they know there is a market for it. It's just that that app I think is um it's it's on borrowed time right now, because uh, there are a couple of things that are like because they they tried to they had the the, the Titan show which is just terrible. Uh, the Doom. <laughs> I've not, not engaged it at all. It, I just saw the. Uh... The thumbnail for it, and I was like, "That's a pass for me." Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a very bad show. Um, Swamp Thing apparently it got canceled over there, but now they're gonna put it over at CW. So now that has a okay. new life. Doom Patrol, which is apparently very, that first season is very good, uh, is now having its second season over on HBO Max. I think it's called uh, the Harley Quinn cartoon, which is phenomenal. Which I, which I watch, I get to, I see the YouTube clips, and I think it's, fu- it's fucking awesome. Uh, I. I that might be the only thing I'll, I'd spend money on. It's is that show. Yeah, I'm. Uh, after I finished the season of Young Justice, I've also seen the YouTube clips of Harley Quinn. Yeah. Uh, per, the first one I saw was her on a yacht, and I was like, "This shit is hilarious." Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'm all in. Like, I think they're doing this character justice. No, yeah, it's it's fantastic. Like that show is fucking awesome, and I know like a lot of people are like kind of 
on the fence of like, oh, this is just kind of like virtue signaling, like having like women do that. Like, like no, it's not a lot of like this whole like, you can't stop me because I'm a woman stuff. It's like this, it's a like a fully like three-dimensional character and they have, like they do have their moments, but it's not like, you know, like, uh, what I, I kind of stepped in something here, but like, it's not like over, over, <laughs> overwhelmingly, uh, you know, right. cause you're, you're saying it's not it's not Brie Larson, Captain Marvel. Kinda, yeah. and even that, yeah, that kind of that kind of ruffled me. But but I understand why they're doing it. But like, you could you could have an awesome female character that doesn't have to just is awesome because she's an awesome character, not because she's. Well, yeah, like I think the best example is I think a huge, um, female character that goes unnoticed and should be like a, a feminist icon is Furiosa from Mad Max Fury Road. She is just a badass character, full stop. Yeah. Man or woman. When you, when you write a character, you should write the character without the gender first. And mm. then it doesn't matter if it's a boy or girl. It's just a good character. Right. Stop. It's, it's, it's like Ellen Ripley, Ellen Ripley in Aliens. Like, that's one of my favorite characters. Because she's just, she's an unstoppable badass. She's just, you know, she's the smartest person in the room. And she could also, like, handle herself, like, in a fucking fire, uh, in a fight with a queen alien. I might be wrong, but I believe Ripley was supposed to be a man at first. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's like that's. I think that's a huge thing with um, a huge thing that needs to be worked, like tweaked just a little bit, is that that outlook. Like, well, she's a girl. It's like it shouldn't matter. Right. If, you know what I mean? Like, I'm all about the woman empowerment, but like, if you if you watched Mad Max Furiosa, like, and you just made Furioso. It's, it's still a badass character. Like, right. It doesn't matter. It didn't matter that she was a girl. She was just an ass kicker. Here's you a know? here's a weird question. Um, is it strange that it's been over like five years and there's been no sequel to Mad Max? I don't know. It it was over like it was over... five years before I even got. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was like over twenty years, yeah. but like, I mean, seriously, like, that movie like kicks so much fucking ass, and they didn't do like, and no one's like said anything about the sequel. Ooh. I mean, George Miller's got to make Happy Feet 8, whatever he's up to. I don't know. Fuck it. Um, no. I personally would sacrifice a child uh, for Mad Max Fury Road 2, or just a Furiosa movie. Right. Just give me some more content from that universe. Yeah, that, um, that's, that's, like a d- that's also like a deep world for, uh, I mean, that's probably the future of the world as it is, but I mean, like, it would be nice to have kind of a, an eye on the future, you know? Yeah, it'd be cool because um, obviously with the pandemic and the uh, economies are collapsing, the next thing to go will be the oil, as we all, and then the seas will dry up, and then we'll be uh, fighting each other for breast milk. (laughs) Just water, bullets, and breast milk. That's all the essentials. It's all you need. That's right, baby. I need some mother's milk. Uh, I need some aqua cola. I need some guzzling. Oh, man. I know all the goddamn terms. I'm, I'm fully invested in that universe. The, didn't you want to do like a, oh, was it a, a Nux cosplay for Comic-Con one year? Yeah, I wanted to do a Warboy, but I'm not talented uh, talented enough or skinny enough, even though uh, I'm heading in that direction right now. <laughs> uh, I'm not either of those things to actually pull it off. I think I would do Furioso. I would do a gender-bent Furioso at this point. I think that would be the move. Okay. Not, and Mad Max never even crossed your mind. I don't want to be Max. Just get a leather Max jacket, a cut movie. a sleeve off. Max, let's compare Max to Furiosa in that movie. Max is a goddamn nerd. He can't do anything. Yeah, he's kind of he's kind of just like he's kind of this like stray dog while she's like a fucking like tactician. Yeah, like she's. I mean, like he gets stuff done, but she's like just a badass. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he's more about individual survival, and then she's more like. You know, oh, the group's got to live. She, she's the real protagonist. Yeah. She's the real protagonist of that thing. Like, he's just some guy that's getting that's caught up in the situation. She's the one leading them through it, you know? Oh, man. That's a good movie. I got to watch that shit again. Yeah, I'm probably going to watch it uh, tonight. Now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I kind of lost my, lost my train of thought here because of Mad Max. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. Like, no, it's... Uh, we were talking about things that we watched. I've also watched Tiger King. I don't know if you watched that. I've seen it, yeah. I I thought the story was wild, but the documentary itself was bad. 
Yes, I think um, like I do. I think everyone in that show is a piece of garbage. <laughs> I don't think there's any redeem. Like it's a, it's like watching a TV show and everybody's the antagonist. I had nobody <laughs> to cheer for. I, maybe, maybe I was cheering for Seth. The um. Oh, the one who got our trans- arm. Him. Oh, him, oh yeah, that's right. Transgender. The ch- yeah. Uh, transgender. Uh, she, she, he, he got her his arm ripped off, and. He went to work the next day. I'm like, what a king. Right. You know? <laughs> I mean, like, I wake up with a booger hanging on my nose, and I'm just like, God, I just can't do it today. You know? <laughs> I call my, I, call, I put my best voice on. I go on the phone, and I'm like, ugh. I, just, listen, I woke up 10 minutes before my alarm. I was like, this is not the day. Calling out. Yeah, I was like, I'm sorry. I, I once again let down the building. You know? <laughs> no, yeah, I think I think that show, like, I, I don't know if it purposely left out a lot of information, but it, like, it took some leaps. Well, yeah, like, Joe was actively killing his tigers. Like, he would shoot them in the fucking head. Yeah. You know, like, he wasn't, he's a piece of garbage, but they didn't show that he was just as much a piece of garbage, I guess because he was more charismatic. I th- yeah, I think they wanted to build up this sympathetic character, and then at the end, they were kind of like, oh, yeah, he also was killing his tigers, and they just moved right past it. scene in the entire show is the tiger gives birth and then Joe like the tiger's like a minute old and Joe just comes over and picks up the tigers yeah and walks them off I'm like you piece of trash but um yeah like I can't watch stuff like that I realized because it makes me just dislike humanity <laughs> no it's, it's understandable like, like I tried to watch um the the cat one I don't know the name of it it's like, don't hurt cats or some shit. Oh, don't fuck with cats? And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I got maybe 20 minutes into it before I was like, this motherfucker should be buried, and he should be under the prison. He shouldn't even get a trial. I'm like, fuck this kid. You know? Well, <laughs> like, I mean, also, let, let's let the people know, you have uh, a house full of animals. Yeah, yeah, I have, um, hold on, give me a second. <laughs> you have 45 dogs, oh, 16 cats. Yeah, yeah, I have, um, now I have three cats. Uh, I have three cats and I think six or seven dogs. I lose count because the golden retrievers right. just form just form one giant personality to me. It's it's uh, insane. <laughs> yeah, no, but you know, I've always been surrounded by animals. Um, right. Growing up, I was definitely left alone more with them because my family would go out of state for my brother's dirt biking. Right. So you know. I've just always grew up around animals, so I was like, fuck it, they're cool. Um, when I get home from work, they, they freak out. I'm like, everybody should freak out when I get home or arrive somewhere. Uh, <laughs> like, so I'm like, I dig it, you know, they're just cool. No, yeah, like, and it, for it, it, their, their needs are simple. Just feed them and kind of, and just love them, and they're, you know, not going to fucking bust your balls about nothing. Yeah, but that sounds a lot like my needs, Brian. And, uh, <laughs> Just a simple man with a simple, simple life. That's all we're asking, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, in a couple of years, I imagine I'm gonna move into the woods, and that'll be it. You know. Well, you've taken up hiking with your new, with your new puppy, right? You've, uh, you actually like go out and yeah, find trails. I go, um, I go to Bear Mountain a lot right now. Um, well, not right now. I've only, I've been much more reserved with my hikes. Okay. But if I go out right now, I have my mask on, and I, I keep away from other people. That's you know, good. I don't. I'm nowhere near any other human being. But uh, I usually go to Bear Mountain. I like going up to Sleepy Hollow. They have a, a couple of really big trails there with, like, beautiful fields. Um, I want to go to Missouri, and I want to hike over there and North Carolina. Okay. Uh, and I want to go to Catterskill Falls, I believe it's called, upstate. It's like a two-and-a-half-hour ride. I think that's going to be my next big trip. And uh, I might be selfish on that one. Well, as of right as of right now, Central New York is open, so. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, fuck it. I cannot wear my. I just won't wear my mask and damn all those people. No. (laughs) (laughs) No, obviously, wear wear your wear your mask when you when you're walking. But like, you know, parts of like we're doing this in uh, the middle of May. We're doing this on May 14th, and when this comes out, who knows what will happen? But you know. Things that we, New York has taken the the proper kind of patient steps to open up, so like you can enjoy mountain trails, you can enjoy like the beaches and eventually, and you know you can you can enjoy these things, and I think because you know you're you 
you like to go out with your dog. It's it's such a nice like kind of way to un yeah. unplug and and see the world. Like personally, I hope it, I'm hoping everything's open up because in the summer is when I do like the skydiving and my zip lining and my stupid hobbies that I can only do in the summer. <laughs> I need you know I need I need stuff to be open. No, I yeah. Be able to jump on a perfectly fine airplane. You know, I need to do it at least once a year. Yeah, and uh, well, no, you're not going to do hard nights this year, right? Um, I don't know. Personally, I want to. I, I don't know if that's even a thing, considering everything that's going on. Florida right. doesn't give a shit. Yeah. So it, it probably will be. <laughs> Florida doesn't give a shit. They're actually saying that we don't, we're incompetent over here. So, I mean, you know, who the fuck knows? What, what I mean, who cares about Florida? I think Florida and uh, they should detach Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Let's Florida secede. Yeah. And go back into the ocean. They they come out to Congress like we're gonna secede, and they're like, yeah, okay, cool, have fun. That's great. That's great. Bye. Have a good time. Like at one at one point when everybody was doing like the uh, coalitions to get to get medical supplies, and right. it was like New York and all these northern uh, northeastern states. I was like, oh man, like imagine if we just formed our own Commonwealth right now. So fuck off. And like six states were like. Well, thanks for nothing. Bye. <laughs> just, you know, seceded from the union. Oh, man. I'd be like, that'd be pretty bad. <laughs> uh, what is it? Fucking, I'm, I'm, trying to th- I'm trying to think here. Um, my brain is, like, absolutely, like, mush. Because I almost set my fucking apartment on fire cooking dinner. So that was fun. <laughs> well, dude, I mean, you livened up your own day. Yeah. We're, we're living in a very boring society. I would try to do something too. I think I might, I might try to drown myself in my bathtub <laughs> just to see what's up. But uh, yeah, no. like, you know, I put like, I put like four bars of soap on the floor and just play Russian roulette with my feet. Oh, <laughs> uh, what is it? Um, now with that, with everything kind of going on, are you taking the chance to like cook more? Or are you like kind of expanding your culinary yeah. ideas? Um, uh, so. Um, yeah, I've been watching a lot more Kitchen Nightmares, so I'm a cooking professional now. Uh, I've definitely been cooking more, but I've been cooking like more niche crap, like uh, Captain Crunch Chicken Fingers. I made Wait, what? Burgers the other... Captain Captain Crunch Chicken Fingers? Hold on, what's what? So okay, a Captain Crunch Chicken Finger is you instead of using breadcrumbs, you okay. you use your egg wash, you put flour. Okay. Uh, you... Wait, yeah. You do egg wash flour, whatever combination, and then you put it in um, in uh, Captain Crunch, crushed up Captain Crunch dust. Oh boy! And you shake it up in the bag, and it coats the entire thing, and then you cook it. It's very sweet and delicious. That sounds incredibly like. Do you put? Do you at least put salt on the chicken to kind of like even it out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, because yeah, that's yeah. that seems like a lot. That seems like the most American thing I've ever heard. Yeah, well, I'm playing Russian roulette with my health every time I play. <laughs> is this the day? Yeah, I'm like, so the other day I made, like, French toast is very basic, but I have mine down to the science. Uh, so I made French toast, but I went even further beyond, and we had vanilla icing from uh, when we made cupcakes. So I put the vanilla icing on in the middle so it would melt, and oh. I put some on top. <laughs> and then it... Um, <laughs> oh my god um see i i don't i don't like french toast. i've never really liked french toast as a kid my mom would make it and i would find it like kind of like i was like why am i eating this soggy ass bread like this is the gross but hearing you put fucking frosting in the middle and on top that that sounds a little bit more appealing it's um you know like i'm a sick bastard and i'm just like how can i make this already sugary thing <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm like I'm like I'm gonna eat this and lose feeling in my feet. Like, <laughs> but I do it anyway. Uh, and then um, the, today I made uh, a rib, some ribeye steaks, like which again like pretty basic. But uh, you know I have my own seasoning that I put on it. There and it I, is. I look up recipes and pick what I want. You know. Huh. I mean that's good. I mean that sounds like that sounds like a lot of, like a lot of good stuff. I see. I gotta. Yeah, See, I gotta, I gotta start doing something like that, cause like, I'm eating a bit better, as I was telling you before we started recording. Like, I'm eating a little bit more, like, uh, like more. I have vegan meals after I come home from work, which you know, when I come home from work at like twelve forty in the morning, I don't want to have like a very like carb heavy or or like sugary kind of food. 
So I'll eat like okay. like something like their fake chicken or their fake beef, whatever it is, and I'll, I'll pair that with like a brown rice or or a vegetable. But like the idea of crushing up like a a cereal and putting it on chicken and then deep frying it that that's uh, that's so appealing to me. You, you gotta just live. I gotta you do know, like um, see, Lucky Charms know. lasagna or something. So what is it? When when I was doing the jujitsu competition, I weighed before the competition started. I weighed one seventy six. Right. And I and uh, my coaches told me I should cut down to one sixty nine so I could be in the one sixty to one sixty nine weight class. Okay. And I was like, oh, man. I'm like, I'm like that makes sense. But then I started eating healthier, and I was just getting like, I was just getting angry because I wasn't eating things I liked. I was just like. But I like burgers. I'm like, but I love pizza. You know, I'm right? Like, I'm not happy. You know, and um, and you know, obviously, you know, the real way to diet is to put yourself in a calorie deficit of like 500. But, at, you know, at the time, I wasn't really like focused on that. So instead of eating a pa- uh, you know, a big patty hamburger, you have half of it. Right. Okay. You know, that's that's how that's how I'm supposed to do it. But instead, I was like, I'm gonna have yams, or like you know, like I'm just like. I'm not going to indulge in that slice of pizza. And I, I'm going to have celery. <laughs> like it, instead of instead of like, you you're you're taking stuff away, so your body's like I'm being punished. So you start like having an adverse reaction to it. Yeah, man, I have an adverse reaction to a lot of things, and uh, that would be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, was it? Oh yeah, I, I hate to keep on bringing up stuff that you like to do pre-pandemic, but uh. Now, you used to go to a lot of shows, like a lot, lot of bands. You see a lot of bands. Okay, so the weeks before the pandemic, I think I went to, like, well, not even before. Like, they were talking about on the news and, like, oh, man, there's a bunch of people from Italy just dropping dead and, like, you know, this horrifying stuff. I'm like, yeah, that, that I'm like, that's scary. I'm going to go out into a concert hall. Right. So I went to a show in Brooklyn. Um, yeah, in Brooklyn to see Iron Sheik which is my favorite band. So we're there. It's me and my friend Alex, and we're both there, and uh, she needs a cigarette. So we're like, you know, I'm talking to people because I'm, you know, I'm talkative. Yeah, you're, talk to everyone. you're, you're uh, out there. You're a good, go- you're, you're whatever the fuck the phrase is. You're a friendly guy. So, you're a friendly guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, I'm charismatic. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I go out there, and uh, I start talking to people, and I run into a couple from Italy. And we're like, oh, like, can we get it? I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, am I dead? Uh, but, like, you know, I'm talking to them. And we actually get a, a, a cigarette off of them. But it, they, they, did, they did their own rolls. Okay. So, like, that was really cool. But uh, that, I think the weeks before, I'm sorry, I just wanted to tell, like, tie that into COVID. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. From Italy and they That's fair. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, that whole, that whole, that those three weeks before they closed down the, the country right or new york um i think i went out to shows all three three of those weeks really and then, I, then they shut it down yeah they shut it down the the last the last time i went out the next day they shut down the country um goddamn the state <laughs> and i was like and i was like oh boy like, i'm gonna get sick oh man yeah because like i mean i think they're saying like maybe fall of 2021 we could start doing like shit like that again but uh no, yeah, because you like, I would see on your Instagram like you go into like these, you go into like these kind of small places and the all these shows and shit like, like they, it, like now it seems kind of like it seems like a wild idea to to do that like to like remembering all the stuff that like, you know I've been in like plenty of mosh pits before but now it's like oh my god like that's not smart. Like it's weird because um like with anything like I do believe. Uh, I do believe we're going to get the vaccine for this and then it's, you know, whatever that's going to, that's going to happen. Right. But that's a year and a half in a way or whatever timetable it is really. But it's like, I don't, I don't think it's wild because like eventually as a, a as just, you know, human nature, we're going to get annoyed from, from this, you know, there's a, there's a strategic reason why uh, our state, New York has been doing like every 15 days is because if Cuomo just came out and said, yeah, it's going to be three months, like, that sounds horrible. Right. So you say every 15 days, you say every 15 days, and it's like, okay, like, I can wait 
it's not three months. It's okay, another fifteen days. No, yeah, it's, it's easier for easier pill to swallow. Yeah, and also, I mean, it, it does help that he's a little bit more forthcoming with everything that's going on. So it, it kind of does yeah, seem like he'd be like one of these people to be like, "Listen, you idiots, I'm giving you this, so just shut up and and deal with it." Yeah, like you know, I think this guy's doing a great job. Uh, I'm all for him. Uh, you know, before this, I didn't really have like a stake, uh, you know, because I think the system is broken and yada yada yada. But uh, like he, I think he's killing it. No, yeah, he's. I mean, it it does show like these are like what we were talking about before. Like it's one of these things where you get punched in the mouth. What do you do? Do you fight? Do you fight through it? Do you fight, or you go, you know, not, or you don't? It's like um, if I was reading a Reddit thread on what other countries think, and a lot of other countries they see Governor Cuomo just as much, if not more, than Trump, and they say that he seems a lot more level-headed and you know <laughs> other character traits, other character traits of somebody that wasn't a former reality TV host slash bankrupted man slash uh lunatic well yeah <laughs> now we're on a watch list so, <laughs> you're fired you're fired oh uh no uh <laughs> all right let's talk about something a little less uh a little less gloomy but back to shows like what what would you say is your favorite place to actually see a show like you went down to asbury park i think do you go to the stone pony like no i've you... not been to the stone i've not been to the stone pony I think my favorite place is probably the music hall, Amityville Music Hall. Uh, there was a place called the Woodshop too, which was another like crappy little hole in the wall place. But uh, Amityville Music Hall is like where I went to see my first show. Uh, you know, and my favorite band is from Long Island, so they play that venue a lot. So it's and it's, it's always a you know crazy time. Right. So you know, like they do Wild Fest there for a. Uh, uh, Iron Sheik, one of their, I think their guitarists passed away. Oh. And every every year since then, they do something called Wild Fest, where they uh, get like all the old Long Island bands to come out for a night, and they raise money for his family. Oh, that's great! That's awesome. Do you, do you know what the you know what it's it's called Wild? Fest? Is there like wait wait could like I could donate and stuff like that? Because that sounds like a great idea. They usually do the shows in August. And like obviously, I don't think this year will be happening. But uh, maybe when that time comes, I'll keep an eye out to see if they're doing anything. Okay. Or, yeah. Cause... I've gone. I've gone the past two years, and they they brought up bands like Ladderman and uh, Backup Plan and Mikey Erg from Jersey. And I'm like, uh, I'm like this is like my music is like like punky. Okay. Like you know more more punk and a little like. Uh, dirty sounding all right i mean as opposed to, uh, as opposed to clean well i mean like is it like more like uh, uh I, I don't want to like is it more like the ramones kind of punk or is it more like iggy pop and the stooges kind of punk like more a little bit more like more growly more like screamy i, I would say more ramones okay okay like definitely more definitely more in that vein uh or Dead Kennedys. Like I know Iron Cheek has done Dead Kennedys covers. Before. Oh, okay. I know. I know which one. Okay, I know. I know what style you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, because that's. It's th- like that. That's them. Iron Iron Cheek usually talks about like morality, and and stuff that like I also you know like I deal with like depression. Right. So it like for me it's very relatable. No, yeah. I mean, I think you could kind of look to the punk like punk rock scene as the a nice like as a as a touchstone to the actual working class instead of like i mean yeah bruce springsteen is you know he's known as a working class hero but that dude has not worked on the jersey turnpike in like 40 years so it's tough to tough to kind of take what he says you know it's now it's now more of like anthems than it is anything like like uh, relatable but like you you look at like punk bands and like you're like okay they're singing what i'm about they're singing like they they know they're going through what i'm going through yeah and like um one of my my second favorite band, and they they're no longer like a, an act or whatever, uh, was Ladderman, and uh, and they had one song that it's like, we actually give a shit about the place we live in. Come on, let's fix this. Instead of like you know, you get some punk bands like, oh, I fucking hate my town, and like you know, just a shithole. Like no, we like we love our town. We like things are wrong, but we want to fix it. Right. Like that type of that type of uh, motto or like positivity is something I I like. Like even with Iron Sheik, like they talk about um, their de- like depre- uh, depression or 
or nihilism, but like it always comes back to like, like not nah, life is good. You know what I mean? Like, right. You know that or um another band called Crucial Dudes. Um, one of their songs is like, you know, I, I used to feel so cold, but now I feel the warmth. Like you know, like that shit to me hits. Yeah, because you, know I mean? you there's been points probably like I know. And I, and I know you, and I know, like, you've been on kind of a wild journey the past couple of years where something like that, like, that's the life you live, where you have been at the high highs and the low lows, and, and maybe this is what, like, you need to hear that it's not just, it's not just you, so that you know you have a place to go to. Yeah, and I think one of the, um, and this is a quote from Avatar, is, uh, <laughs> and I love that show. Oh, okay, uh, the, the, the Last Airbender, not Big Blue Cats. Yeah, um, yeah, The Last Airbender, which will be on Netflix tomorrow, and I will start watching it. Uh, they have a quote in the show. It's uh, the older man character, Uncle Iroh. He says, um, like, like, sometimes you have to just, like, kick the bottom. That's when you open up for the greatest change in, your, in yourself, you know? And I think that's true. Like, I've been to the bottom of my personality, and, you know, you, you see, like, that's not who you want to be, or, like, that's not how you want to act, and yada 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 and then you open up to the greatest changes right your perspective mind no yeah like once you truly hit rock bottom you can finally see the top so like you know it's it it is it is a good way to like i don't and i don't want to say like you know everyone just you know be the worst thing they could be but like if you if you do kind of slip and fall just know rock bottom is the bottom you could always come right back up it's not that hard like it's just just dust yourself off and kind of go at it and that's and like again like that's another reason why like we we can circle back to like a show like Avatar. It's like uh, there's a character named Zuko, who he goes through, like like if anybody if any character arc in any show is like how I feel like my life has been, it would be Zuko from Avatar: The Last Airbender because <laughs> he goes from he goes from the villain to redemption. You know he becomes the person he's supposed to be, even though he was. A bad person in the beginning of the story he works on himself throughout the story to find out what he truly wants as a human being and blah 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 i think i think his redemption story is the best redemption story in any show ever and i will put avatar the last airbender up as the best show american made animated series ever made is avatar the last airbender okay all right well that's 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 high praise (laughs) it is but I love that show. I'm sorry. I, I, hey. As soon as I quoted it, I'm like, I'm, I'm in there. No, hey, please trust me. You've you've seen how this show goes. <laughs> you know what we could, what happens. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, nah, nah, nah. I'm no passionate about this. Actually, hold, hold up a minute. Hold up a minute, play. You're going one on one with the Avatar. You're gonna have a tag team match with the Undertaker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um. All right, Nick. We, we've almost uh at an hour. I don't want to keep you too long. You know, you've been super awesome with me and you know because with the technical difficulties again and you know i i do appreciate you know you kind of being cool about this uh i i I appreciate you having me on and me getting to talk about all my interests and uh even my personality a little bit and you know discuss you know you know what you want to know what's wild it's like uh, we both work at the same place but i haven't seen you since mikey's grandma's wake So it's been a long time yeah, since I've seen you. So it's good to see you and good to hear from you. Actually, like, actually hear from you and not on the group chat. Yeah, dude. Like, well, the group chats and stuff, because of um, because of the pandemic or whatever, I am feeling a little bit more down. Yeah. And I do, I do tend to uh, just, you know, let it ride when that happens. And then when I feel good, I come back. You know what's, well, fun- you know what's funny about our group chat is that through since the pandemic started, we've been a lot nicer to each other. Like we have yeah, like those like, random fights. Every, every day's a blessing, isn't that right, Mikey? I like, miss you, boys. I love you. <laughs> Everyone's been so much nicer to Mikey the yeah. past like two months. <laughs> like, like, oh man, we just miss each other and shit. Either we like, miss each other, we want G Fuel. That's all it is. It's. <laughs> and and then like you know the pandemic ends, we're all gonna hang out. I'm gonna throw Mikey's like fried Twinkie out a window. And just... <laughs> it's like Jesus. This is what I missed. Oh, what a regret. <laughs> I'm like, God damn, Mikey! Like, I love you to death. <laughs> I think like the if we if we play football again, which I think Parker wants to start doing up again. I know Taylor, Matt wants to start doing up again. Uh, I think Justin wants to come back too. Uh, I think that's gonna be like one of those like this first the first time we see each other, everyone's gonna be super happy, and then midway through the first game, someone's gonna throw an interception, probably me, and they're just gonna go all the shit right from there. Yeah, 
this fucking guy. It's like, I knew it. <laughs> Nothing's fucking changed. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, you know what else he's at risk of? At risk of throwing another goddamn interception, you piece of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like looks like he's touchdown deficient. Yeah. Oh, that's hard. That's horrible. I'm gonna have to donate money now uh, for that bad joke. Um, but I'm, in, I'm intolerant to your QB play. I can't stand it. <laughs> that pass didn't come within six feet of me. Your social distancing from your quarterback rating. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, so uh, Nick, uh, I asked you before before we started recording. Uh, the way we end the show is that uh, our guests get to make uh, kind of a, a, a playout song, a request of a playout song. It's either a song that they think is a fucking banger or a song that they, you know, are, are truly like it's deep in their in their soul. And now, Nick, which is the uh, the song you would like to put out there? Um, I picked Iron Sheik. Uh, time keeps keeps uh, skipping on to the cosmic future. Okay. I is that I really hesitated on it? But that's the one. <laughs> okay. Any any reason why is it like one of the best or is it like? Well, it's the well, it's my favorite band, and that's the song that they close out all their shows with. So fuck it. That's how I'm closing this podcast up. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, once again, uh, can you tell people where they can find you on social media if you want them to find you. Um, I don't wish to be found on Twitter because I don't use it anymore, but I think my Instagram is Nick underscore Willie, okay. and that's pretty much the only place I post right now. All right. Uh, once again, you can always find us at Movie Mayhem Pod on Twitter, at Movie Mayhem Podcast on Instagram, Movie Mayhem Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to buy a shitty design shirt or a mask or anything, you go to tpublic.com backslash uh, Movie Mayhem Dodcast and get one of my crappy designs put on your face. Uh, Nick, thank you again. Uh, obviously we'll be talking to you because we're, we're still friends unless you don't want to be friends after this podcast ends uh, oh damn it I know I shouldn't have given you the option <laughs> thank you so much and uh, we'll uh, see you guys later Take me back